they know how hard I was going. Again, the cadence, the pacing of progress and layering it with one by one. I went so hard, so fast, so quickly. I did not know what the wear and tear would be. I understand the wear and tear now. And so I approach it with a different lens and a different intuition. I feel my way through it. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And I don't mind putting a pause on it. I don't mean I have to stop, but I will pace it through a strategy. I would pace it through, because one of my pain points was the process. I'm Sharia Woods. I'm a dreamer, a mom, and a community builder. I've always loved learning people's stories and figuring out how to keep getting better. And I created the Rise Society podcast to give you the inspiration and step-by-step strategies you need to get clear on what you want so you can design a life you love. If you know there's something bigger in this world for you and you're ready to figure out what it is, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. Today I am here with my good, good friend, Amy Hampton. We have been friends for more than a decade. I know, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. We ebb and flows now. Yeah, I feel like... With hair, no hair. When I went to the (laughs) big shop, you remember me small, size uh, 14 to size 4? Like you have seen the... (laughs) Married, unmarried, like you've seen it all. (laughs) I've seen it all. And I feel like when we first met, I feel like Sociology Wine was an idea. It was. It was 2010. Yeah, I don't think you quit yet. No. No. Yeah. So I've been able to see like the full arc. And I'm so excited to share your journey with our audience because it's a lot of women who are moms and who are creative and passionate and hardworking and yes. trying to figure out where to go next. And I know you have navigated that journey, maybe in some ways still navigating that journey. Still navigating that journey. <laughs> with so much journey. inspiration from your your story. So I'm excited for everybody to get to hear and learn from you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Congratulations, Sheree. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Okay. So let's just dive right in. What sparked your interest in entrepreneurship? Because I know you were successful prior to being an entrepreneur. You could have made a lot of money doing what you were doing, Yeah. but something inside was calling for you to take this leap. So what would you say was your spark or your inspiration? My spark and my inspiration was my grandmother. She Mm -hmm. was an entrepreneur. She had a hair salon. She had a restaurant. She had a nightclub. She was a social engineer and a mother of nine with 28 grandchildren. She's amazing. My grandmother raised me and If you add that, I just love people. I see art and humanity. And I believe if you're able to solve a problem or make someone's life feel better or raise a vibration on the planet, go with the calling. And I lead with my heart. I lead with with that type of energy. And I just love seeing people smile and be their best. If my products can make you feel better, uplift you or make you cheer or make you feel safe, and comfortable in your skin to be better. That's what drives me. Yeah, I love that. And I love the 
reflection on your grandmother as well. Cause I think, you know, our parents, and our grandparents, they kind of shape the way that we look at the world. And so seeing your grandma kind of do it all, like raising all these kids, raising you, and then also being an entrepreneur had to be so inspirational for it's, you. She, she literally, she taught me how to make bricks without straw. She mm. taught me how to make syrup without um, anything. I, she, I can make syrup with sugar, literally simple syrup. Like she's taught me the abracadabra of it all. Mm. And I've seen God work in so many ways. I've seen God work through her hands and her head and her heart and how she leads and how she knows how to pause and progress to see the ebbs and flow that is not a straight line for entrepreneurship. It is a journey. It's a spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental workout. And it's not for the faint of heart. If you do it right, it makes you have to go dig deeper to connect with other folks. Because that's how it's truly made. It's it's a frequency. It's an energy space. Yeah, I could totally see that. And so when you were thinking about leaving corporate, how did you deal with the, the fear that comes with the leaving the security and then going to like, I am on my own, like I am responsible for my own income, my own everything? I liken corporate as well as my marriage. They kind of like... Mm -hmm. Because I'm in act two now, right? I would say the first time that fear factor, and it's something that you have to work your way up through fear or work your way through fear. Um, but the first thing that comes before fear is the faith. Mm. And people don't really see that because you have to have the faith to even be able to walk through fear. Mm, so, so the faith came first. Faith so would you say your grandmother was kind of like the faith piece, like seeing the way that she build her businesses and, and you're like, okay, I've seen it. I've seen I know it, it can be done. Can and be then, done. yeah, I might be afraid, but I'm going to push through anyway. I'm a faith that through, I'm a feel my way through with faith. I'm a feel mm. my way through fear with faith because on the other side of fear is this fortitude, right? You get fortitude mm -hmm. through this process. It's a workout. You're going <laughs> to gain your muscle. You, you're going to get this work. <laughs> Don't get this work and it was very scary because I was like oh my gosh I check all the boxes we have a home I have all this education to pay for um you're checking boxes right but I have to bring it back to God and source energy and universe <laughs> guess what it's beyond the box once you get beyond the box that's where the Elohim can lie that's where the that that's where the, that's where the frequencies are the highest is outside mm -hmm. the box and that's where i get my inspiration from those are the downloads of let's create a wine bottle that looks like a pearl <laughs> and that that illustrates women who are the epicenter of all society and then we're gonna go through this process of going through all this federal and state level of documentation then you're going to go and you're going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and you're going to go to all these conferences and then you're going to put these bottles on a shelf and then you're going to put these bottles inside of a truck and you're going to make all these runs with a whole master's degree in epidemiology. Like <laughs> you're a professor 
and over 13 hospitals with good benefits. What are you doing? Yeah, let's talk about this because we haven't even shared. Tell us about your your ba- your education <laughs> background, your career beforehand, so people get a real sense of what this transition was like for you. My background is pre-med, molecular <laughs> biology from the Hampton University and Meharry Medical College. <laughs> that right there says you do this. Mm-hmm. Not that. You do this. You do healthcare. You stay here. That's it. Mm-hmm. So to go from healthcare, being an epidemiologist, running data reports, to creating dashboards and and things of that sort. But I've, I've always been a salesperson, like mm-hmm. working at Limited Two and working at Crabtree and Evelyn and Abercrombie and Fitch. I've always been in retail, and yeah. when I was younger. I've always had a knack for connecting with people and solving their problems. So if someone came into a place for trying to find their outfits or doing anything, I've always been able to be creative. I wanted to create. Um, so why do you why do you think you went into science? Why do you think you went that route in college? I went that route in college because I wanted to be safe. I, my parents mm-hmm. raised me to be in that in the community, and I say in the community, you're raised to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a business person, right? But mm-hmm. mostly they lean you towards doctor, lawyer. That's it. And um, tell us about this community for people that don't know you. The community. <laughs> you're <laughs> raised in the community. You're you're raised in high achieving lifestyle, right? Okay. I'm a part of auxiliary organizations growing up, childhood mm-hmm. mother organizations, things that tell you, program you, and those things are great occupations like those are great callings like we're not going to talk about not I was married to a doctor for many years so mm-hmm. we're not going to say there those are not beautiful professions what we're going to say is everyone comes to the earth with a blueprint I didn't know why I was called to do this like no one's going to take a leap of faith like this um at a happenstance this mm-hmm. is something that you're called to do because no one intentionally puts themselves in a fire to have to go through the things I had to go through to be an entrepreneur and then start over, stop and start, stop and start, and then get through this process. It's not easy to get a skew made, a, a, a skew, a product on a shelf mm-hmm. from from your kitchen to get on Walmart, a shelf at Walmart. That's... It's hard. And I can see how going through a pre-med and going through that type of training in some ways probably does prepare you to do something that's really challenging, you know, to stick with something because that's not an easy easy degree path either. No. I'm like, oh, by the way, you're going to become your own distributor in a country. Like you're going to have to represent yourself. You got to walk in and present yourself. You're wearing hot pink (laughs) and an all male dominated legacy based field. Yeah, what's the movie um what's the girl legally blonde? To... Yeah, legally blonde. I felt so legally blonde. Like I understand legally blonde on so many levels. From finding your voice, finding yourself, fitting in, trying to achieve and then Eureka, you did it. You one mm-hmm. day you say, "I did it." You know, people coming for you. It is 
it's not for the faint of heart. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna dig into all of that because I know there's some stories there. Oh, there's some layers. So oh, there's some layers. Okay, so raised by your grandmother, she's an entrepreneur, but yes. then the community that you grew up in was very like doctor, lawyer, maybe engineer. You need to go something solid, super focused. Yes. So you do that. You are the good girl, quote unquote. I, the good girl. The protocol. I know protocol. Yeah. Get in the box. Do what the box says you're supposed to do. I know tradition. <laughs> Transformation? What? <laughs> and then one day you decide wine. Why? Why wine? <laughs> How did this come to be? I am a mad scientist who loves to party. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I grew up being the oldest in my family, right? on my side of the family. And I'm like a middle child on my dad's side of the family. But I kind of feel like an only child and I've always been a social mm -hmm. loner. And I know that sounds odd for someone with a personality because you know me. Like she doesn't seem like she's shy. She doesn't, no, I am very much so a social loner. I've always understood how to be with people and I love people, but I've always kind of felt a little bit like I didn't, I don't fit into anything so mm -hmm. how do you get friends people everything is done through love mm -hmm. people do think people don't understand that but everyone wants to be seen heard and loved and when you get down to the primal state of everything every problem is based on being seen heard and loved i created sociology lines because i just see art and humanity i wanted people to come together i wanted to create something that reflected women and I was in a place in my life, I'm like, I finally did it, Lord. I finally got all the things. And now I wanted to share with others. And it was a love song to women. Mm. It was a love song to having a home, of being a homeowner, opening my home to birthday parties and events. I would always host, you know that. I would always have my home open, bringing people together. So it was like giving someone a big hug through my products. Hmm. Okay. So it was, it feels like it was more the mission that drew you to the wine industry, not so much the wine itself. Mm -hmm. So did you understand what you were getting yourself into? And you're like, I want to start a wine brand. I'm like, just going to go great. to, I love flavor profiles and I would make these custom wine cocktails for all my friends. And so I would put these like juxtapose these different ingredients together. Like what does, if I mix vanilla and lavender together, what does this do? If mm. I put rose and berries together, let's create rosé wine, but make it a little bit different. Something mm -hmm. inside the industry didn't taste quite right. So I will go and zhuzh it up and make it taste like I know my group of friends liked. Oh. So you started by like cocktail, mixing cocktails. Pretty yeah, much. cocktails and concoctions and conversation around my, my kitchen table. I would bring these different types of flavor profiles together because I understand chemistry and that's my background. So I would make these different formulas and they would be so balanced. I went to a winery and the main person there, he was a chemist and a winemaker. He was like, I've never tasted something so balanced before. Mm. And, and I was literally before the company. You're just like doing this and I'm you're just, like, hey, exactly creating these things. Yeah. And he was like, these are taste better than what I've created. And I've been doing this for 30 years. 
and you walking into my lab because no one understands behind the scenes in the wine business and when the winemaking, it looks like you're stopping grapes, but no, no, no. It's a true chemical balance of tannins and acidity and layers of flavors that were inside of each drop of wine. Mm. A lot of heart and chemistry that goes into it. So it is an art and science. Yeah, which is why it was perfect for you because you had the science background. And then in your life, you were the social, loving the party, the cocktails. And so it really was a perfect marriage. Yeah. Yeah. They're dancing partners. Yeah. So you didn't stay so far. Yeah. Okay. So tell us more about developing a wine brand. Like you've told me this story, but I would love for you to share with our audience the story of, okay, I'm good at mixing drinks. I enjoy this. That people think I have some talent. Now, let's go. I am going to go get a liquor license. I'm about to go get a liquor license, a permit. I'm about to go get a sales thing. I'm about to do all the business stuff, like operations. Um, Oh my gosh, the financial aspect of it. Like people don't understand learning. I felt like I was a freshman in college, like freshman in the back of my back, walking into a class and I'm like, I'm a freshman to this. I had to learn how to back off prices. It's so much a lingo and lexicon in itself, right? Within the wine and spirits. And if you don't know certain key things, you can get taken over. Mm. And I had to learn how many points to give someone, how much percentage to give to my, how much it costs per capsule down to how many ounces is going to cost me to do this. The bottle, the labels, every single aspect of creating a brand from scratch. Mm-hmm. And mind you, there's huge companies and conglomerates. I'm sitting on the same shelf with a company that's been doing this for 30, 50, 70, hundreds of years. So you come into a market where there's a whole entire group who's been doing this for years and you're competing with huge companies. Mm-hmm. You gotta make you gotta make it right. I know you had a great launch, right? So yeah. this went really well. It did. We so. were, I was a road warrior. I didn't know how taxing it was on my body. It opened up doors I've never thought I would be in. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it changed the whole trajectory of my life. Like I've been in rooms. I've sit at tables. I've been on bo- bo- things I would have never even dreamed of being still being a epidemiologist like it's just not the same mm-hmm. it's opened me up in my heart space in my mind space of what can be done even more mm-hmm. um, it's, I definitely it's changed see that. and you've seen my like my, my evolution or or yes the, the for sure um, and i i saw the work too on the front end like oh the work is the work like I can't get back these these bags. I can't get back. You can get to the bag while you're getting these bags with your eyes. Like there's, you pay something for it. It's it's a sacrifice um, to be at these tables. People talk about, oh, you're slain every day. Ugh. It's bloody when you slay things. Mm. And people don't see the stretch marks and the nicks and the cuts and the bruises that it takes to sit at a to sit where you're sitting they think it looks mm-hmm. easy we make it look easy but underneath the water you're kicking like crazy 
Yeah. And I, I would, I love to, one of the things I really love too, about when you first launched was the design. You talked about that a little bit, like the pearl bottles, the girls on the covers, they were all very stylish, which was your style. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. And so now you're going in a new direction, equally as fabulous and beautiful. But I've noticed that you're showing up more as your full self, as a Black woman. Um, So tell me a little bit about that journey and, and evolution in the brand. To show up as my full self is an evolution and a testament to my my spiritual walk and journey. Mm. Because to transmute the energy and to really kind of understand your dark and your light, literally and figuratively, and understand it, and not even understand it, but to accept yourself fully. Mm-hmm. Um, being a highly melanated person of color on this planet is is a different type of tightrope to walk. And when you're born or when someone's, you know, expecting, they always ask if you're a girl or you're a boy. So the first thing I wanted to do was connect to women. Mm -hmm. And because women all have to go through that process of everything from working to doing different things, be a mom. We do a lot. We hold a lot of different titles And because we have so many titles, we have a lot of testimonies to give and Mm -hmm. to give to others. So I wanted, it was a testimony and a love story to women. And I wanted the clothing to look like every day. So although it's stylish, it's a chambray shirt from J. Crew. (laughs) Yeah. It's a golden skirt from H&M, right? The pink dress could be any girl from a pink dress from a bridal shower to a baby shower like mm. those bottles or those girls are dressed up to go to different things because they're called sociology i wanted her to be dressed for every occasion and the bottle to be dressed for every occasion um i believe all women are pearls because we go through so much change it takes a lot to become a pearl and so when you first saw 1.0 sociology all the bottles look like pearls well Sociology 2.0, all the bottles are like pearls, but the girls are highly melanated. They have mm-hmm. color. We live mm-hmm. our lives in color now. And I think through COVID and through different ebbs and flows in my personal life, as well as my professional life, I've learned that it's it's the most genuine thing to do to God is to show up as your full self. Mm-hmm. And it's a love song to embracing yourself in full color and not dimming your light. And that. that is what we're doing with the bottles this year. And yeah, bringing out the caftans. I started the caftan <laughs> yes. line. So now we also have get girls. We haven't even dug into that oh, part. We're going to go wear clothes for three years. We're just wearing caftans from two wait, wait, wait. Before we Before we get into the caftans, I just want to, I want to hover here for a minute because I think this is really good, right? Like the idea of showing up as your full self and that being part of how you're honoring God in your life. And I'm curious how it's been received because you're kind of starting to put things out. Like, have you, like, how is that being received? I think people are starting, well, first of all, from an economic standpoint, the melanated dollar is powerful, is transformational. And I think we need to have a voice for that educated. There is a niche in the market, right? 
that hasn't been touched. And I believe is the women that are part of the book club, the highly melanated book club woman, the highly educated book club woman, the preppy boho cocoa girl. No one totally talks about her. Mm. She's no one really, they go to these two extremes. What's, you know, I love hip hop. I love all the different things in the space right now. However, that doesn't, I don't wear my nails like that. Mm-hmm. I don't do my life like that. That, and we are colorful. At, we're not a model, you know, monochromatic, a monolithic group just because we're highly melanated. Just like every other culture, you have the Paris Hiltons and the Hillary Clintons. We too have that same kaleidoscope of color within our highly melanated group. And I keep saying highly melanated. I don't say dark. I don't say light. I say highly melanated Mm. because one of the things that all connects us together as a human race is that we all have melanin in our skin. Mm -hmm. Just how much do you have? How much do we have? Our phenotype is so, that's my science part of me. The phenotype is so small compared to the genotype. Mm-hmm. But we're all connected as humans, as a human. We're all human. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of like the diaspora yes. of Black women and how different, like, you know, Our Love and Color was the brand that I was doing before. And a lot of the listeners yes. are familiar with that because that's where a lot of people met me. Yes, I loved it. Um, but I it was the it. same idea. Like, you know, the more like boho, like I like outdoor garden weddings. Yes. Where most of the high end black weddings you would see were like ballroom. Over the, over the top, mm-hmm. full of bling and all the things. And nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's like that's wrong beautiful. With that. But mm-hmm. where is that? I'm a girl who's totally about lemons and llamas, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> anybody knows me. I know I've made it three things. When I have a llama, when I have a lemon tree, and I have a home on Martha's Vineyard. Like, I done made it. Like, right. I'm good. I'm good. Like, as the young people would say, no cap is Gucci. Like, I know that I've done it. Like, I did it. <laughs> and able to host different things for folks. I think there is a voice out there that hasn't been heard. There's a woman out there, a Holly Melanie woman that hasn't been seen. She does wear all American clothing. She does wear J. Crew. She does mm-hmm. wear caftans. She does wear cute little pinks, you know, preppy boho type of things. She is that girl who's an attorney, an epidemiologist, a scientist, a, a physician. She's a dentist. She's on the move. She's on the go. She wants the best for her family. Those women are there. Mm-hmm. It's a, a love song for that. And we need to honor her. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the caftan. So at a certain point, you built the wine company. You're like, okay, enough of this for right now. You know, we won't go into that whole story, but it's a long, it's a lot of work. And yeah. So then you were like, what's next for me? Caftans, tell me about it. How did you come to that? that Every day is a holiday. Well, (laughs) one of the things about every day is a holiday is that I went through a place where I just could not, I love a good Kate Spade dress. Like who doesn't love a good K 
Kate Spade a line fitted dress. But as a mother, my body kept ebbing and flowing. Mm. And I had this pooch and I was hosting events. And I was like, I need like a Geranimals uniform that I can wear that looks good in any space. Every day is a holiday that would ebb and flow with me. Because I don't want to wear buttons and I don't want to wear zippers. Mm. I don't, I want to be unboxed yet again. So the first time with the wine, I felt crushed in some shape. It was a crushing place for me to get Mm. the wine. This time it was getting cut because motherhood cut my body up. It was like, nope, you're going to, you can, you, your body's not doing that anymore. (laughs) This is what you do. And so the Cavtans came from hosting events and seeing these glamorous women from like 1950s and 60s wear these beautiful caftans. And also from a global standpoint, caftans is a universal piece of clothing. They mm-hmm. show up as kimonos. They show up as daishikis. They show up in uh, mumus. They show up every part of the world. But I wanted something that would look good in every fabric. Mm-hmm. From sequence to still sucker. Mm-hmm. And then I start creating patterns. Another love song and a, and a gym for my grandmother. My grandmother taught me how to sew when I was three years old. Oh. I was like, this is my, my grandma was my best friend. It, yeah. And she taught me how to sew. And I started sewing for my Barbie dolls and creating patterns with her. And I would see her literally hand stitch things with her hand. I know how to sew in a machine as well as eye and needle, pull it out and go through the whole process. So she's she's magical like magical and she gave me a piece of her abracadabra so i started creating captains i love a bow i think all things need a bow and if you know my daughter she's been in a bow since she had no hair <laughs> i think every single girl loves a bow so every you getting bowed at the end, end of your of the captain so amy holly captains and sociology wines are they're wow. like dancing partners. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, your brand is so beautiful. Like I, for me, it reminds me of vacation. Yes. Because it's just like that free, like relax. Like I may, maybe I have a bikini on under this. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry and about it. Bringing that to the everyday, I think is, is amazing. And bringing awesome. holiday to the outside, to the streets. Yes, because so everyone... I don't know how many I don't know how many caftans you're wearing now these days, though, Amy. I have got to go see you. <laughs> Say my friend over there, she lost all of that little weight. Hey, what baby weight? This has been on for eight years, so I'm like, it's about time. I have I have, I have worked so hard to get back to my um college slash um, grad school weight. Oh my gosh, it has been mm-hmm. a journey. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole different. You <laughs> break that one down. Yes, out over here. Yes, but I still wear my caftans though. But I, like, <laughs> I got to get these jeans on. Not because you have to. Not because. Yeah. Exactly. And they look so good on folks from size two to twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And they're one size fits many because you can put it on as a size two. Put in a size 22 and you're all going to look snatched in the waist and good. Mm. I love it. 
And now we got the wine coming back so you can have your caftan on and have your glass of wine. Yes. And it's a whole moment. It's a whole moment. Caftans and cocktails and conversation, all the things. So I'm speaking of that, there's this other element of your business, the gathering element, right? Gathering. And we're bringing that back as well. The raise your glass. Raise your glass yes. is, it's literally bringing my home living room, right? My family room to the public. Like those who come to my parties at my home know how I love to like dote and love on people and make them feel like the most special being on the planet. And so I would toast you with wine. I would greet you the door with my caftan moments. And I would, you know, all these things. And so I just started bringing it from 40 people to 400 people mm-hmm. and making people pay for it. But they, had <laughs> to, <laughs> but they got to experience the wine. They got to experience everything that the brand is supposed to be about being social, being on a holiday and just feeling lifted. People have to go through so many terrestrial things. I really want folks to just frolic and feel mm-hmm. good. It feels like resets for adults. Like you come there, there's no pretense. It's all high vibrational energy. And people just come together, dance. It's food, music, wine. That's it. Mm-hmm. Simple. No fuss. Yeah. Just frolic. Raise I love glass. how your brand is about this experience, right? Yes. Like it's the same woman, you know, she drinks wine. She likes to feel free and comfortable and beautiful. She wants to be with the girls and have a good time. Good time. Life is about living. Mm-hmm. My brain is about living the best life and having a good time with it. We get one of these called life. We might as well make this human experience. Might as well make it this joyful thing. We can have heaven on earth. You yeah. can have every day be a holiday. You can be a sociologist in your own right. Yeah. So I guess looking over this journey, because it's been, you know, an arc, I'm sure you had plenty of ups and downs along the way. Like, what are the, some of the biggest things that you've taken away from these previous chapters and then now going into this new chapter of your business where you're like, I'm doing this differently. I am learning from this. How are you? How have you evolved? over this journey? Oh my goodness. How I have evolved in understanding the cadence and the pacing of progress. Mm. I didn't know how hard I was going. Again, the cadence, the pacing of progress and layering it with one by one. I went so hard, so fast, so quickly. I did not know what the wear and tear would be. I understand the wear and tear now. And so I approach it with a different lens and a different intuition. I feel Mm -hmm. my way through it. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And I don't mind putting a pause on it. I don't mean I have to stop, but I will pace it through a strategy. I would pace it through because one of my pain points was the process. You know, I can sell, we can get all the things in as fast as possible, but do you have the infrastructure and the bandwidth and the capacity to receive when your cup is running over? That's cute. But when your dams break because there's so much fish, how do you still be able to feed people? Like you have to find a way 
sometimes it's scaling it down or scaling it to a place that is attainable, that can be able to serve the folks that you want to serve and telling people, no, it can't happen right now or not right now. And not only telling folks, but telling yourself not right now. Mm, I love that. It feels, I mean, it's like business advice, but it's also such a good analogy just for life overall. As women, we're balancing, you know, motherhood, relationships, you know, even connecting with our parents, Mm -hmm. you know, that's all just the family side. Yeah. And you're managing a household, you have a career. And so just having that grace with yourself to be able to say like, not right now. Mm -hmm. The compassion Mm -hmm. for yourself. I think we didn't, we had a paradigm where it was like all or nothing, black or white. No, it's not. It's highly melanated. It's gray. It's compassionate. It's a different paradigm. And I can see myself before being black and white, all in or all out. Mm-hmm. It's not all in and all out. It's not right now, maybe later. It, it's okay to put a pause on things. You don't have anything to prove anything to anyone. It's a process. It's a platform. It's on purpose. Ride the way, like, just go in the flow. Feel your way through it. It's more of an organic thing um, that is more intentional versus strategic. Because strategies about politics and all, it can get, no, it's intentional. I'm intentionally saying pause, not right now. Versus strategically saying no. <laughs> for what? Yeah. Like, why boss up for, like, what's the point? Like, I'm not here trying to get to the bag. I'm trying to be here on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because purpose will always bring profits. Yeah. There's a book that I talk about a lot um, called The Gap in the Game, mm-hmm. where they talk about measuring your progress versus measuring against like this ideal that's always shifting and moving. And what you're saying, like really kind of reminds me of that. Cause it's like, we're going to get there wherever there is. There. By the time we get over. there, there will be somewhere else. <laughs> Where is there? Who is there? Who is there? What is, Who is there? there? Yeah. But I, just I'm being not in the flow. Against anyone. My mm-hmm. blueprint and my fingerprint is aligned. Mm. Mm-hmm. And looking back at like how far we've come. Yes. Like I'm here. I'm back in a, you know, I still have, who would have thunk it, you know? And, and it's okay. It's okay to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. First. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. I love that for all of us. I want that for all of us. Mm Mm-hmm. If I go hard, I go hard. If I don't, I go, okay. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Tomorrow we're going to start again and keep going. We're going to keep going. Yeah. I love it. We're human. I think that's what it, we don't, we don't want to have the human. We're we're human. Yeah. I think especially, and I, I mean, I only have the perspective of a black woman being a black woman, but I feel like it's also, especially as a black woman, we put so much pressure on ourselves to like we got to be 10 times better no what we have to do is be your best self Mm -hmm. because excellence 
Excellence is not black. I'm here from, I know what the slogans are. I know what excellence speaks. Mm -hmm. And it speaks in a language of energy, frequency, and love. It's the highest, love is the high, I would say love is the highest vibration in the whole entire universe. It is. And your excellence will ring true to that. We see what excellence, yes, there's going to be things on the planet that are 3D. Yes, there's mm-hmm. going to be things on a planet that's always, you know, it's th- it's a 3D planet. There's systems in place. There's things. It's 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 heavy. Okay, but how do you rise above the heavy? What things can we do to, if you can't change it, I think my pastor said, change the way you look at it. Mm. If you can't get through, go above. Hence, we have airplanes. If we if we kept everything terrestrial, we would never be able to understand the celestial. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, this has been really good. I I love that we're able to share your story with our audience because it's so inspiring. I think we have a lot of women um, that we connect with on this show who want to take that leap and maybe haven't yet. Yes. Or are like early in the process and kind of struggling to figure it out. So it's so inspiring to hear about your journey. Um, There's a question that I always ask at the end to everyone. Okay. And that is, yeah. What would you tell your younger self? So if you could go back to any point of your life and give like one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Oh my goodness. And what age would you be? Oh, Oh, girl, stop crying so much. Uh, (laughs) uh, Keep going. Mm. Get up and keep going. And I think he likes you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's acting that way. I think she likes you. That's why she's acting that way. Uh, you know? I think we all needed that, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't take it so personal. It has something mm. to do with you. It's I a projection. It. I love it. Well, Keep thanks, going. friend. Yes. I appreciate oh. you. <laughs> yes. All right. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs> thanks for joining me today and for staying until the very end of the show. It would mean the world to me if you would follow the Rise Society podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep shining.